A uh, new development in the console, upcoming console wars. Yeah. We've been covering it a lot here on the channel. It's getting a lot of press. People are excited. People are into gaming. Xbox Series X and Series S release date and price finally revealed. This was breaking right at the end of our last show. Then this story started to break. I don't really know how it came out. It was a leak, I guess, but then Xbox admitted to the leak, and it was all around, originally, the Series S. And people got super pumped because not only... Well, there's the Series S right there. Perfect shot. <laughs> not only was the price aggressive and interesting and satisfactory to a number of people, but also the scale of it. It came out small and slender. A mm -hmm. white box with a, a, a large black circle on the top of it i don't know if it's a polarizing design it's a you're right it does look sort of like a washer dryer combo type of unit yeah. <laughs> I, I had not drawn that distinction what does it really matter it's a simple set of shapes the key characteristic here is that 299 price tag putting the heat on playstation putting the heat on Sony because presumably they will not be launching a next generation console anywhere near this price. Now, I know that the Sony people are screaming at me saying, but Lou, that's because their models are all going to be 4K capable, whether it's the digital only version or the, the version with the disk drive compared to Microsoft, who's going to be launching a sub 4K model. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to be powerful. Apparently, the 299 unit, the Series S, is going to still be capable of 120 frames, right? Am I right? Am I crazy? That's what they said. Mm -hmm. And it's going to do it at not... I think it's going to do it at 1440. 2K. Are you sure it's 2K? 1440? I don't know. I can't claim that, but... Uh, I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up right now. Series S 1440. Microsoft confirms that the Series S targets 1440p. Yeah. 120 FPS. Is that 2K? That's beyond. That's more than 2K. Okay. 2, 2K is uh, just above 1080. That's 2560 by 1440 and 16 by 9. Oh, okay. It's 2.5K, if you want to call it that. Now, in the gaming world, for a lot of people, depending on the size of their monitor, if people are playing this on a monitor as opposed to a large-scale television... That might be sufficient. 1440p, 120 FPS, 512 gigabyte SSD, ray tracing. I mean, that sounds exciting, no? Oh, yeah. For $299? I'll take it. For $299? It's a good deal. So I think that might be enough for a lot of people. Now, granted, it's not the full next-gen promise because the full next-gen promise comes alongside 4K. 4K 120 is very exciting stuff, and that's what Sony's targeting, and it's also what Microsoft is targeting, by the way, and it's why they have the two models. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Microsoft might have the better next-gen approach in getting that entry-level model way down price-wise and scale-wise at 299 and saying we're not even going to try to hit 4K with it, and then having the more expensive model at 499 Series X as the flagship, as opposed to what, what looks like Sony's approach, which is... Just a digital version and a disk drive version, but otherwise, same horsepower. Mm -hmm. Because the problem, what's going to happen there, is those that go into, into the, that go onto the website, those that are looking for gifts and all that, you know, mm -hmm. they're going to just see the lower price and say, awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know. We don't have an official number on Sony's pricing. But you have to presume, assume, assume and presume mm-hmm. that you're going to start at 500 and maybe 450 uh, At best, maybe 400 I don't imagine it for the, for the digital only. And then you got the Xbox One sitting there at 299 attracting all kinds of buyers. Now, maybe Sony, now that they have this information, can go in there, Will, and uh, make some adjustments to their launch plan. Maybe they go uh, dig into their own pockets a little more and come at a lower price with the digital-only model. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But this is aggressive. It seems to have been received fairly positively by the audiences. You got a nice little chart up there. It took me a while to look for it, but these are the main differences here. Uh, They have the same processor. The graphics are different. Um, Yes. It seems like the Series X has 12 teraflops. That's that's quite quite a lot. Uh, quite an improvement from a potential mm-hmm. as far as where gaming is going, but out the gate with the lack of exclusive titles and mm. maybe not as big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? And 16 gigs of RAM versus 10 gigs of RAM. Storage, one terabyte versus 512 gigs. And, uh, of course, expandable storage as well built in there. And, yeah, there's the target 1440p at 60 frames up to 120 frames. We don't know what that really means. And the performance target on a Series X, 4K, 60 FPS, and up to 120 FPS. I mean, the other thing to mention is just the scale of it. There's a video in the article that I gave you, a short video clip. It has 700,000 views at this moment. And if you just go back to the original article on uh, Windows Central, oh, you're on the same article. Uh, No, it's a different. Same website, different article. Actually, not that video. Scroll down a little bit more. A little bit more. There, that tweet. And you can see the scale of this Series S up up next to, or actually fit inside of the Series X. It's way smaller. It almost looks the size of, it looks smaller than the current Xbox. Mm -hmm. Thing's tiny. Look at the controller next to the actual unit. That thing is small. And you know how this goes, Will, with the way that people have the furniture and the setups. Some people are going to lay it down on its side. That main uh, model or the Series X model, you're not as flexible where you put it, how mm-hmm. you put it. It's, you got this black rectangle. Uh, black. It's not a rectangle. What do you got there? A prism? <laughs> a prism, yeah. What, what is it? What is that? Futuristic shape. What? What is that, though? You know, what? you have a... Is that a rectangular prism? Um, is that what that is? Is that when there's a... Yeah, it's a rectangular it's prism. 3D? Okay, it's a rectangular prism. Oh, okay, yeah. What am I doing here? Phew. What are we doing here? That was a close one. 5.56 p.m. What am I doing here? Yeah. All right, Series S, you let me know in the comments. $299 price. You picking that one up. You spending the 200 extra, 500 bucks for the Series X, or are you in a PlayStation camp? You don't care about the aggressive price point. You let me know down in the comments. Is this really next gen if it's not 4K? That's what I want to know from you as well. Uh, Apple's having an event. There was a lot of talk on Twitter about some upcoming event. People, a lot of speculation. They might have an event today, and then it was, no, they're just, people found the emoji for mm. a, a hashtag Apple event, and it was a little temporary limited edition emoji. And then and then people said Tim Cook dunked on those guys. They said he dunked on the uh, uh, leaker types. Dunked. Yeah, you know, well, you know, it's Very a slang, impressive. Will. Yeah, the youngsters get dunked on when uh, somebody else wins or defeats you. I don't know. Anyway, 
All we found out is that there's an event coming up and the event's going to be on the 15th. There was a press release about an event on the 15th, or I don't even know. It's a bunch of people sharing their invites, mm -hmm. uh, digital kind of invites. Now, the title of the thing was Time Flies on the invite. September 15th, don't hold your breath for a new iPhone because of the way they positioned it. Time flies, indicating, again, which has been rumored, by the way, a new Apple Watch and possibly a new iPad. Please join us for a special Apple event from Apple Park. Watch it online, apple.com, September 15th, 10 a.m. So as we've been talking about on this show for a while, there's been a lot of talk about a delayed iPhone, right? Pushing yeah. potentially into October and a lot of it to do with the pre-existing conditions, pandemic, all that stuff going on, limiting supplies and... And all the rest of it. So a delay on the iPhone, but Apple still wants to have an event rather than hold everything, I guess, and save everything for some all-in-one event. They say, all right, the watch, I guess, is ready to go. And maybe we have some iPad news. We'll do that in September. Mm. So we still have something in September and maybe delay the rest of it. At least that's the way it seems to me right now. Maybe to give you a little iPhone teaser at the end. I don't really know. But for now, this is what we have to go on. And this would seem to point in the direction of this, uh, not only, by the way, the delay of the iPhone 12, but also the rumored staggered launch of the iPhone 12, that you would only have certain models available first. Mm -hmm. So we have to wait and see, but Apple always gives you that Easter egg with the name of the event. And if they're going to call it Time Fly, it's going to be about the watch. Mm -hmm. Now, the new watch, there's some rumors about that. It's going to be capable, to, it's going to be doing blood oxygen and stuff. Well, I know you're very excited about that. I can tell you're very excited about that. And uh, new iPads, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do in iPads specifically. Uh, is it time for a new, for more pro talk, for more budget talk? What are we going to do in iPads? Well, maybe just a spec bump. A little spec bump in there. Apple is working on the Apple Watch Series 6, expected to feature blood oxygen monitoring as a major new addition. Also, been multiple rumors of a 10.8 to 11 inch iPad model, edge to edge display, and touch ID either built into the power button or in the display. It could be an iPad Air. All right, there you go. Some other stuff, possibly AirPods Studio. We heard the rumors about AirTags, possibly a smaller HomePod. We have to wait to see, but obviously the watch is going to be the core of the event, and we're going to have to wait for iPhones. Speaking of an upcoming iPad or potentially an iPad bringing back Touch ID, Apple just got a fresh patent on a new in-display fingerprint scanner as increasingly... We live in a world where the face scanning is a little difficult with the masks and all the rest of it that people are wearing with the face ID and also with the notch necessary in order to have the face ID or other ways in which brands have dealt with front-facing cameras. Now, we talked about how Xiaomi and others, ZTE, they've found a way to put the front-facing camera underneath the display for face unlock, but that under-display camera that they've been working on is really just a optical-based unlock it's only capable of just, uh, it's a picture camera. That's it. There's no special uh, dot projection or any of the other components that Apple currently uses for their Face ID tech. So they have been, well, the rumor's been going on for a while that they would bring Touch ID back in a new version, not like the iPhone SE version, just below the display, but in the display. Mm -hmm. And we just, I mean, we just talked about the rumor that it may be back either in the button or in the display with an upcoming iPad. 
What's cool about this patent filing is it talks about being able to touch anywhere or a big section, mm. which was a thing that I had goofed with on that Vivo device back in the day. The next? The next, the original next when I was in Shenzhen. Yeah. And we didn't see that come out on actual devices. But it was obviously superior because you didn't have to line up your thumb with a very specific spot on the screen. It was about half the screen, almost half the screen at the time that they were showing off. Now, what Apple is suggesting, or at least what this is suggesting in this patent filing, is that potentially, Will, what you could have, if you loaded up, oh, I don't know, the App Store, if the App Store icon was in the same location as that panel all in one shot, Imagine you touch that section knowing you want to unlock the app store to purchase something and it's scanning the fingerprint at the same time that you touch the icon mm. because it's underneath the whole display mm. or half the display. Now it's doing two for one. Mm. That could be exciting. Yeah. I mean, I'm just talking. I mean. I'm just talking and it's just a patent, but this is the future. This is what we want. You can imagine you launch into an app that requires your cred credentials and the app is unlocked as you tap the app. Right. Yeah, very cool. I'm just a guy talking. You know. I'm just looking at a patent. Uh-huh. Xiaomi, speaking of patents, they're envisioning a phone with bunny ear pop-up cameras. You love this story, Will. Well, it, it was kind of cute just looking at the picture. You like, you're like, you're, you're a sucker for a cute uh, story, for some cute tech. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they're always patenting it. They're, they're sitting there reimagining front-facing cameras, fingerprint scanners, all the rest of it, just like everybody else is. This particular patent pops up two little bunny ear looking cameras, which would be able to shoot forward and back. Mm -hmm. So you could get a multi-camera setup. Now that's a really small setup. Could you get all the components you need in those little bunny ears? I don't really know, but everybody's looking for a way around the notch or the hole punch. Mm -hmm. And uh, this would effectively give you a seamless design on the front and the back because each of these bunny ears would have cameras facing backwards and forwards in this particular design. It's super early stage, by the way. Uh, everything else about it looks like a typical smartphone. In fact, you can't make out too much. It's in intentionally rudimentary in a patent filing, but uh, who knows, maybe in the future, alongside your in-display fingerprint scanners, you're having a bunny ear, what Willie Do would like to call a cute, cute bunny ear smartphone for all your cameras. I don't know why this would be the effective way to pop it up. Yeah, Can't you I was just, just going to ask you, like, it, is there like a some sort of hardware innovation? Yeah, I don't know. Like, why Why is this Why is this superior to just some module coming up yeah. like like OnePlus did on, what? which model was it? The 7 Pro. Pro T? There were some, it yeah. might have been some T's. I mean, you can't keep it together these days. But anyway, OnePlus did it. Others have done it. Vivo has done it. You have the motorized. Oppo has done it. You have a motor take care of things, and you have a little, whether it's a, uh, it's a little stack, whether it's a cylinder or whatever shape they want to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I mean, that never took off. People were a bit worried. People had durability questions. There you go. It's a little rectangular prism, in fact. <laughs> Popping out the top, the pop-up camera. Yeah. It never got a ton of traction, so but here we have Xiaomi imagining pop-up bunny ears to go with it. I don't know why it would be superior, but they're they're working on it. Maybe it's just a cute heads. Maybe it's just a cute factor, which the is light. enough to get your attention. Yeah, there you go. 
Google, the Google Phone app is now coming to non-Pixel devices. We talked about that before, but it's also coming with verified calls capability. And I know you care about this, Will, because you hate the spam calls. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get these, uh, you pick it up, you're like, oh, gee. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so what this aims to do is put a verified badge next to a real company that's not a spammer so that they can, you can... Uh, improve well your experience and also the experience of the business in some cases a business really needs to get a hold of you maybe you got a, a booking at the i don't know the barber shop and they got to call you up and be like hey man uh we gotta move that booking around uh -huh. in which case if you didn't store that barber shop in the phone or for, i don't know it's for, not registered and it's like, not registered or for company. whatever you might just like ignore that call and this does happen from time to time all the time all the time so now it could say nope verified it's a real business it's not a spam call willie do please pick it up and so uh google claims by the way that uh, this helps reduce business costs by identifying relevant calls to users in a trustworthy way what else do they say? They say, for instance, banks calling to alert a customer about a possible fraudulent transaction. It can increase answer rates by stating the call reason. A food delivery or logistics company can do the same to make sure customers can coordinate and make themselves available. Because no one's picking up the calls anymore, man. They just, you just let it ring out. So this is a, some really cool features, some really co cool learning going on. And now it's not just Pixel people that can go ahead and enjoy it. Instead, you can download the Google phone app from within the Play Store and now use it on any device. For some reason, they're saying it's uh, currently verified calls is rolling out first to the US, Mexico, Brazil, Spain, and India, although uh, more countries are following shortly after and, uh, and businesses can choose to participate in the application so that people will pick up their calls. Yeah. Which is what any business would want. So uh, cool stuff there. Speaking of Android, we have a little dongle here bringing Android Auto wireless to more vehicles. Guy comes up with a dongle, Will. Hmm. So you don't need to plug in to get onto the Android Auto. I think it was actually a Kickstarter. Raised a bunch of money. It's called AA Wireless Dongle. Clever little, little device that will plug into the USB port of your car, which has Android Auto, but then it will enable the wireless connection piece with your smartphone. There's a little video there. There's a kid. They raised a ton of money. Holy moly. Well, a lot of people want this functionality. Mm. You're talking about they raised over half a million dollars in Canadian funds. Obviously, uh, that's a few less in USD, but it's still a bunch of cash, Will. That might be uh, 300000 in cash, maybe something like that. Yeah. Now, they did list. It'll, it'll work on a – they have a list of cars they've tested it on. They expect it to work. The core functionality will work on almost all cars that have Android Auto, but depending on the model you have, you may, uh, if you check the list, you may see uh, how functional it is for you. But I love this idea. I talked about it before. More and more cars supporting this. This is the futuristic approach. You just step into the car. You don't worry about plugging in, and all of a sudden, the best stuff on your phone, Google Maps and all the rest of it, is right there on the car's display. You're less mm -hmm. distracted by the phone. And, of course, you see the guy on the right. Nobody wants to be the guy on the right. He's carrying the cables around his neck as he goes yeah. and go home for dinner. He's got the cables around the neck. I mean, that's no good. That look is no good. Mm -hmm. The other guy, he's got the fancy candle at dinner because, well, of course, he's using AA wireless. Mm -hmm. I'm just explaining the Kickstarter video, too. Yeah. And, of course, the Kickstarter video worked. 5,000-plus backers, almost half a million bucks. And, and so go check it out for yourself. 
this continues to roll out for more users, but if you have an older vehicle, this could be the way to do it. That's the little dongle. Just plug into the USB port. Uh, Xiaomi, they made some news with this new uh, Poco X3. I don't know if this came onto your radar or not, but you know the conversation around the spec for the money, the value proposition. People want to know what can I get for less. They want to know what can I get for around 200. They want to know what can I get for around 250. Mm. This is the question in the world right now. Everyone's fighting for that championship. Well, this one, you're talking about a 120 hertz display. You're talking about a Snapdragon 732G. You're talking about a 64 megapixel quad camera. You're talking about a 6.67 inch FHD plus display. You're talking about uh, uh, six gigs of RAM to go with your 64 or 128 gigs of storage. You're talking about a 5,160 milliamp hour battery. You're talking about a 33 watt fast charger in the box. You're talking about some IP rating. You're talking about a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. And you're talking about expandable storage. I mean, it's got all, it checks a lot of boxes for the value for money. Now, of course, you're not getting any flagship level Snapdragon processor, which is what they did in the past with that flagship killer kind of connotation. But still, people are excited about this. People love getting a spec list like that. And also, the device looks all right. Because you take a peek at the device, you see a very aggressive screen-to-body ratio, at least in the, in the images provided from the manufacturer. You see a pretty cool camera layout on the back. You got a lot of camera units over there. Uh, what else you got? You got HDR10 certification. You get the low blue light for the, for the eye fatigue on there. You got a 240 hertz touch sampling rate, which gamers care about. And of course, 120 on the refresh, which everybody loves. 2400 by 1800 pixels, Gorilla Glass 5. It's got a lot of things you would want. Mm. In, uh, with a price tag coming in on the entry level, somewhere around 250 bucks. Mm. That's really good. You know, so there you go. Maybe Poco is back. Pocophone, remember those days, Will? Uh, uh, upended the whole smartphone world. How much was it? Three hundred for the F one. I don't know. You're taking me. You're taking me too far back. Yeah, I'm an old man. A little, uh, I don't remember. Day. It might have been around, yeah, around, around three hundred, but it had the flagship chip of the time in yeah. it. But everybody sort of figured that was a lost leader. That was the type of thing they're trying to get the name out, build the brand, maybe even lose a few bucks. Now. We're getting, it's a little bit more realistic, but nonetheless, exciting times if uh, for the group that has around 200 to 250 to spend, you've got some really, you've got some options, Will. Seems like a killer. Two color variants. You have shadow gray and cobalt blue to choose from. PUBG is ditching Tencent in order to avoid India's recent ban on Chinese apps. That most recent ban banning almost 200 more apps. And uh, obviously PUBG being the biggest, I talked to a lot of people on social media. I saw the messages coming in. People were upset. They said, I got to play my PUBG. Mm. My PUBG is gone all because Tencent's got like 10% of the company. However, they control the publishing in India. Yes. Screwing me right up. That's what people said to me. Well, see, PUBG's trying to find a way. In the parent, the real company for PUBG, you know, it's in South Korea or whatever. Uh -huh. And they're like, why are we? It's a 10%. We got to take the publishing off. We can't lose the whole thing. They're making 2 million bucks. Uh, 2.2 million bucks a month is what, what they made in India alone. I don't know. It gen last month, it generated 2.2 million in revenue, earning the most among India's top 20 mobile games. Mm. 
So they can't just. There's some no, money. They can't do that. You gotta have this money. So they gotta figure it out. And so they go in there and say, what if we separate ourselves? Here's a quote right here. PUBG Corporation fully understands and respects the measures taken by the government as the privacy and security of player data is a top priority for the company. Uh, it said in a statement, it hopes to work hand in hand with the Indian government to find a solution that will allow gamers to once again drop into the battlegrounds while being fully compliant with Indian laws and regulations. PUBG was a top mobile game by monthly active users in India last year. According to analytics, it was downloaded more than 54 million times. Now, obviously, Tencent wouldn't like this very much. And I don't know what happens to their relationship. Do they have to, does the PUBG Corporation go in there and buy back that yeah. ownership stake in order to alleviate any, you know, or do they quietly say, okay, you can control it elsewhere, but just not in India. You can, who knows how they address this part of it or if the Indian government even goes for it. Mm -hmm. Because PUBG, you know, they get on the phone right now and they say, look, or they make a statement like this. They say, we fully understand and respect you. Government could turn around and say, nah, we don't believe you. We don't like it. They could say, we think you may still have some sort of interaction mm -hmm. with Tencent and we're not going to go for it. It's possible that that could take place as well. But I would say at least for those hoping to see PUBG make a comeback in India, there's a little bit of hope there. Mm. That they that if the government's willing to work with them to satisfy, and I don't see why that should be a problem. If they can satisfy the privacy concerns and prove it, mm -hmm. then, then so be it. Bring the game back. It's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, we'll see if it all works out. You, PUBG may make a comeback in India. GM has uh, has acquired a stake in the electric truck maker Nikola. They have that upcoming truck, which they've been showing off, the Badger, uh, set to go into production 2022. We've talked a lot more about Rivian in the past. Ford took a big, big, big piece, uh, at least made an investment into Rivian. They're collaborating to some extent. GM wants in on the party. They want to they want to be involved with one of these electric vehicle startups. And now they are. They invested, uh, they, they purchased an 11% stake in the company. Company stock skyrocketed because now they can use parts. They can share uh, resources. They can kind of plug in, so to speak, plug in to the GM uh, supply chain to a certain extent. You have a big company backing, which is, kind of what they were looking for. They will exchange $2 billion in newly issued common stock for the services and access to General Motors global safety tested and validated parts and components. That's what the company announced. Now, this is not going to speed up the production of the Badger. It's not coming until late 2022, but it's a very futuristic looking vehicle, a much different take than what Tesla is aiming at with the Cybertruck. And it just goes to show you the commitment of the traditional automakers, the gas-based automakers, to the electric vehicle marketplace, mm. and how the whole market has basically agreed we're shifting, we're going, we're running. It's time uh, to be in, in the electric vehicle space in a big way. And this is just another example of that. Apple has shared a little look inside of that new floating store that they've been working on uh, at the Marina Bay Sands in Singapore. Mm -hmm. In Singapore, yeah, of course it's in Singapore with the famous uh, with the famous hotel that it's actually attached to in a shopping mall mm -hmm. in the in the nice shopping district. I wouldn't know. I didn't get a chance to go, but one day I will. Yes, you should. And 
You say I should as if you have. I didn't go. Okay, but you know that I should. Yeah. Very well. So apparently, uh, well, we talked about it when it first got announced, but now we've got a much better look at the inside. It's kind of a bit of a bait and switch in the sense that the most, a lot of the store is actually in the mall. And then you take an escalator to go up to the orb portion, which is seemingly floating on water, which of course it's not exactly floating. Oh, you can't, there's no bridge that gets you to the, the I don't orb. know if there will be a bridge, but at least in the video clip, if you scroll down to the bottom, it gives you a better idea of how the whole thing's going to work. There's a video clip of a guy, he's entering from the mall and he has to go up an es escalator. And where it's a, it's embedded. There it is. That video clip, the virtual tour. So this looks like a typical mall entrance to an Apple store. And it looks like, well, for all intents and purposes, you can do a lot of your activities in this initial portion, the tunnel portion, because they have the iPhones are on display here. The accessories are here, the cases, and you have these, the uh, sales associates mm. are in this section. You got to walk all the way to the back. And then you go up the escalator. It's very cool architecturally. Like, I would definitely go look. But if you just needed to shop real quick, you might not even bother going all the way to the cool part of the store, hmm. which is a bit unfortunate. And I actually, in this video, don't see an entrance. Or maybe there is. Is that it? Was that what that was? Maybe. Maybe there's a way to enter right from the boardwalk. I know when I saw the initial reports, they were suggesting that you could, that it would have multiple entry points. But anyway, it looks cool nonetheless. 114 individual pieces of glass held in place by 10 vertical mullions. Apple says the dome is a first of its kind in construction, all glass and fully self-supporting. There's a bunch of different sections in the store, including like a big presentation display. The first, the company's first underwater boardroom is also a part of this thing, which is, of course, quite cool. And 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 actually, just as an object, when you're in the city, kind of looking at it when it's illuminated, is pretty iconic. Mm -hmm. Like that's you're gonna wow, there it is. Yeah. And so they get to own a, a pretty cool piece of the city, really. Yeah. Far as I'm concerned. So anyway, uh, if you want to go take a peek, you can check the clip for yourself. But it appears that you know Apple moves so quick with the retail; they just Report comes out, we're working on it, and then you got the tour. Boom. They slap it up. They mm -hmm. put it together. You remember, Will, we were talking about that Travis Scott McDonald's meal? Yes. And uh, uh, there were, we were talking about how they were launching it soon. Uh. But apparently some of the franchise owners, were not, you know, they're not super happy about it. I guess they went in and they listened to some of the lyrics. They're like, hey, wait a minute, who's this Travis Scott type? Is that uh, the truth or are you? No, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm speculating, but they, <laughs> You're speculating. they okay. the report suggests that some of the franchise owners were like were not super not happy enough. about that collaboration. Uh, Travis Scott, he's a rapper. Like, I mean, you got the lyrics. You got yeah, yeah. it's the material is different from, let's say, Michael Jordan, the last guy they had a collaboration with. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan was shooting hoops. He was be like Mike. He had the Gatorade, and you know how it was the 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 appearance of it, at least. Yes. And so things have changed. Times have changed. Not, nothing against Travis Scott, but you can understand it's a huge collaboration. You deal with McDonald's, you deal with a bunch of franchise owners, and it's all types of different perspectives over there. But anyway, I read through it, and I'm getting excited for it. I don't think I'll be able to try it. I don't think it's going to launch here. Hmm. But, uh, you know, it's a curious combination. The $6 meal deal, quick recap on that. 
the cactus jack combo meal, quarter pounder with cheese, bacon, lettuce, medium fries, barbecue dipping sauce, and a Sprite. It's six bucks. Mm-hmm. Just to give you a quick recap, but uh, there's more to the story as well because in order to satisfy the, the restaurants and the employees that are going to be serving this as well, apparently he's going to be uh, he's got some surprises. There are some Travis Scott surprises that are going to take place, including uniforms for the McDonald's staff designed by Scott himself. Huh. They're going to have limited edition McDonald's uniform. In all locations? I don't know. Huh. They say it's worth staying tuned to see what's going on and which charities are going to benefit from the McDonald's-Travis Scott partnership. That's another thing they're going to do, give to charity. Which, uh, you know, how people can get mad at that. But this is a crazy list of collaborations for him. He, uh, he, had the, he has Nike sneakers that he did a collab. He's had a serial collaboration with General Mills that sold out in 30 seconds. Mm. He had the record-setting virtual con- concert inside of Fortnite. And now he's got a McDonald's meal. Imagine that. And he did that. the Tesla deal, too. And he had the Cybertruck that we talked about. So... Yeah, it might not satisfy all franchise owners, but I think the employees are going to be cool that they're going to get the special outfits, it sounds like. And and I'm sure uh, some other people are going to be happy with their $6 meal. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, 2020. Cactus meal deal.